This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. When someone receives a diagnosis of a rare disease, they often find themselves in a strange land with no roadmap. The Tuberous Sclerosis Complex Alliance is helping patients with TSC better manage their condition with the TSC Navigator, an online tool intended to guide individuals and families through the complexities of TSC across their lifespans and allow them to live fuller lives. We spoke to TSC Alliance CEO Carrie Rosbeck and TSC Alliance Director of Medical Affairs Ashley Ponders about the TSC Navigator, the thinking behind it, and why it could serve as a model for other patient organizations to follow. Carrie, Ashley, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. We're going to talk about tuberous sclerosis complex, the tuberous sclerosis complex alliance, and the TSC Navigator, a new tool you developed to help patients and families. For listeners not familiar with TSC, let's start there. What is it? TSC, tuberous sclerosis complex, is a rare genetic disorder that causes tumors to grow throughout the body. The brain, heart, kidney, liver, lungs, skin, almost every organ system and can be progressive um, throughout a lifetime. It impacts one in 6,000 live births, about 50,000 Americans and a million people worldwide. And, and how does the condition manifest itself and progress? Absolutely. So actually babies in utero can be found sometimes to have heart tumors. And if there are two or more, it can lead to a probable diagnosis of TSC. Coincidentally or strangely, often those heart tumors shrink after birth. Up to 90% of infants um, have those. Um, epilepsy is also a very common manifestation of TSC. Um, 85% of individuals with TSC will have epilepsy and two thirds of them will have medicine resistant epilepsy. Um, brain tumors and kidney tumors are very common uh, in TSC. And then for women of childbearing age, they can experience lymphangioliomyomatosis or LAM, which are lung manifestations in TSC. And we collaborate really closely with our sister organization, the LAM Foundation. Well, are, are there treatment options for TSC or are patients treated symptomatically? And what's the prognosis for someone who's diagnosed with TSC? Absolutely. I'll start and then I'll let Ashley jump in because she is our nurse practitioner and director of medical affairs. Um, 
There are two FDA approved drugs specifically for TSC. And we realize how very fortunate we are in TSC to be in that position as you know, 5% of rare diseases have approved therapies. So first of all, um, there's a drug called Affinitor or Everolimus that is approved to treat a very fast growing brain tumor called a SEGA, subappendable giant cell astrocytoma. That same drug, because it works on the underlying genetic pathway, also works to shrink tumors in the kidneys. And it is used as adjunctive uh, epilepsy uh, drug to treat seizures associated with TSC. We also have Epidiolex that was approved by the FDA. It's the first cannabinoid therapy approved by the FDA to treat epilepsy associated with TSC. Um, and so those are the two approved drugs specific for TSC. Uh, Bigabitrin is often used as a first-line therapy for infantile spasms in tuberous sclerosis complex, which is, it tends to be very effective. Um, and we are working towards bringing many, many more drugs to market specific for TSC. Uh, there are other therapeutics, typical epilepsy drugs that are used in TSC. Um, and then there are other treatments, brain surgeries um, and treatments that we would use for the kidneys to treat tumors outside of drug therapy. And anything Ashley would like to add? I think you did a great job explaining it. Well, Ashley, what, what is the prognosis for someone with the condition? Yeah, so uh, the prognosis is really dependent on the manifestation. And typically, uh, those who are diagnosed with TSC live a very long life. Um, it's really managing the symptoms associated with epilepsy and then uh, the pulmonary manifestation uh, that Kari mentioned called LAM, and then making sure that these individuals uh, are getting proper treatment and management uh, to prevent chronic kidney disease, which can then lead to renal failure. How is TSC generally diagnosed? Yeah, so it is diagnosed typically, well, I guess the first step of that would be, you know, the presentation of it. And, and usually early diagnosis is more common um, in early childhood between two and six. But like we have, you know, mentioned it's you know, it's a disease across the lifespan and you can um, kind of present differently depending on your age. And we have grown with so much research that we are doing so much better about identifying um, the diagnosis in utero. So the journey is just constantly changing. Um, but uniquely then the, in other diseases, we have what we call um, clinical diagnosis as well as genetic diagnosis. And so you really can have a, a clinical diagnosis based upon what is seen, and then we can follow that up with genetics. So that is unique. Um, not all genetic diagnoses have that um, component. What I really wanted to discuss today was the TSC Navigator. For listeners not familiar with this, what is the TSC Navigator? So the TSC Navigator is an online tool that we created to help guide individuals and families through the complexity of TSC across the lifespan and proactively being able to manage their care and live to their fullest life. This is something that could have lived as a pamphlet, but it's fairly interactive. It lives on a web page. There are many links throughout. What, are the, what was the thinking in designing it? 
Yeah, so we took a lot of time to really uh, make sure that we were creating something that you're right, could have been created with a document, but we wanted it to be more than that. We wanted to uh, listen to the community. And it's one thing when you get a diagnosis that is really hard to process. And, you know, when you kind of get, uh, you know, slammed in the face with a 85%, 90% chance your child's going to have refractory epilepsy is, is really hard to digest. So, with Kari's vision of all of this, we really look to the community to support, you know, what it is it about the information that we can provide in a different um, mentality. And so we really broke it down to ensuring that when they got to the navigator, it was empowering them as the user, that they were able to have control in a very uncontrolled situation to, uh, you know, find the information that they wanted to find when they were ready to process it, and then being able to hide in the embedded aspect of the navigator um, more information that when they were ready to dive in deeper or take a tangible takeaway from the navigator that it was an option. And we realized we hadn't really created that prior to this. And so that is why we really felt really good about the overall um, development of the navigator so that the user was in control and being able to digest the information and process it when they were ready. Well, who is the intended user and, and how do you expect them to use it? So I'll take the intended user. We really created this for people that were newly diagnosed with TSC or adults that got diagnosed with TSC, but also those that have been along the journey. Part of the navigator, because it sounds like you've been through it quite a bit, um, talks about medication access and what is specialty pharmacy and what do you do if your medication gets denied. So the beautiful thing about the navigator is that it's there for caregivers, for individuals living with TSC, or for family members to better understand what is tuberous sclerosis complex, what is this journey gonna be like for myself or my loved one? And what problem were you trying to address with the navigator? You know, I think the main takeaway for us is that we really wanted to eliminate problems. So the overall goal of the navigator was to, to give the empowerment back to the user and have them get the information to really understand all of these different barriers that it can occur with medical access, medication denials, and really give them the insight knowledge to at least have an action plan with the first three steps to really empower them in their decision-making and be part of the care team should they experience one of these issues. And, and how did you go about creating the, the navigator? So we, we had a group of uh, the community and then we also had a group of advanced practice nurses and TSC clinic coordinators that we really just jumped in and listened. And we wanted to ensure that we were looking at all of the areas that they as a, the community experience with, you know, I, I don't know what to do next. And, you know, I don't even know what to do. And a lot of the resources I have locally don't even know how to guide me. And then on the flip side of that, we really went to the clinicians and the coordinators who really help mitigate these issues and, you know, on the front lines. And we kind of just combined the two to say, you know, here is how we want to 
them as the user to kind of reflect and process it, but also guiding it with the experience of these clinicians to really empower them with excellent resources to really understand the process that they are getting into as well. And having those conversations with the community, anything come up that surprised you? I don't think from my standpoint, I think our community does a really good job at articulating the frustration. And, you know, I think the main issue for them at times was really having having the information available that is not always talked about and making sure that we were looking at it across the lifespan and also the caregiver. And you don't really see that whole picture um, of not just the individual who has the diagnosis, but the collateral aspect of that dynamic. And we really just took it all in. And, you know, we listened to them, we listened to our clinicians, we listened to um, so many things of our experience in the process. And I'll let Kari jump in here too. Um, but it was really important to us to ensure that the voice of the issues was being heard and that they were felt that the concern that they feel of that being overwhelmed is we just didn't want to create another product or another resource for them to just not know how to navigate. Yeah, I remember that we had a webinar with our community leaders and Ashley so beautifully demonstrated a, a early prototype. And I remember this one mom, she's a little bit, you know, down the journey. She doesn't have a, a newborn with TSC but she started crying and she said, I wish I would have had this when we just got the diagnosis because there are some people that just want enough information to be able to navigate the day. And there are some people that wanna take a really deep dive. And as Ashley said, we're empowering the user to decide how much information they wanna digest. One of the things I found interesting is that you included a section called Stories of Hope, which is not something you might expect to find in a type of resource guide like this. Why did you choose to do that? I think that hope comes in many different sizes um, and, many, and it's about the journey, right? So it was really important and something we've heard from our community is they want to see what the journey's like. They want to know what others have done before them. They want to see how families have coped with TSC, what are the steps that they took and how they're doing. And there's beauty in the journey as, as Ashley will often say. And it was really important to us to include those stories of people living with TSC at all ages because this is a lifelong disease. And so we wanted to demonstrate that for people coming to the navigator to understand what does TSC look like for a newborn or a two-year-old or a teenager going through puberty or somebody who's 60 years old? So uh, it's interesting you mentioned that because the other thing I, I found uh, striking was the way you had it broken down by age groups. And I don't know if that speaks to the nature of the disease and the way it progresses or the different types of issues people face at different ages, but what was the thinking in, in organizing it that way? Yeah, so I think for us, really representing the, the lifespan and associating that, you know, hope is subjective. Hope comes and goes as you 
you know, go on your journey and it changes. So your hope when you're at a new diagnosis phase is very different as you go across the lifespan. And I think it was really important that we highlighted that in our community to represent the uniqueness, but also, you know, not be so one-sided that we really only showed, you know, one type of journey. And, and that does look different. And we wanted to be inclusive of, it's not just about a childhood diagnosis. It is, you know, what is, what does it look like and what is hope and how is that defined it, you know, as a young adult or, you know, as an older adult and really representing those stories are so empowerful to new diagnosis or those who are just coming to the Alliance or to the navigator to kind of really just get more insight of what other people are experiencing and then having them all a location where they can identify at the immediate, you know, part of their journey. One of the things I found particularly impressive about this is that you're not just throwing this out to people and say, hey, you know, do the best you can. You actually have what you're calling support navigators. Um, what is a support navigator? What is the role they play? Yeah, so, and that's the whole thing is, you know, we as the TSC Alliance, we, we are in it for the long haul. We, we're not just here to support you at the beginning of a diagnosis or if something, you know, unfortunate happens. You know, we are here no matter what. And having support navigators, I think really highlights Kari's dedication as well as the rest of the team to, to put these individuals in place so that we can develop a topic, we can develop content, and we can educate them, but then, it, you know, we take it a step further by saying, okay, if you're still having these issues, um, let's connect with a life, you know, individual who has expertise in, in these different areas. And, you know, the staff is so robust at the TSC Alliance that we're really able to cover a very broad uh, range of uh, resources. And so it's really just to highlight and, and get them in, connected uh, as quick as possible to somebody who can, you know, be there and be a sounding board. And, and it might not be anything. It might just be, I just need someone to listen to me because I'm the only one here in my entire community that understands this. And I, and I just want to make sure that, you know, I don't have to explain that to everybody. And, and so I think that's really, really, really powerful uh, to the community. Well, I, I should note that Ashley is one of the support navigators this seems like it could be potentially time intensive and very high touch. Have you had people use the feature and what's it like to work with them if you've had that experience? Yeah. So I, we have been able to um, connect and, um, you know, help individuals. And I, the thing I like best about the navigator is, you know, it, it sets the user of the individual up to already have kind of like their first action steps uh, to mitigate an issue or you know, experience the journey and be able to ask questions. And then once you get connected to a navigator, you, you have content to really discuss and uh, it really just helps streamline and expedite any issues or concerns that have happened. And so by the time they make it to me, it's, I, I kind of already know, you know what has already been done or where they are at in the process to overall just, meet them where they are quicker and be able to deliver on whatever 
um, issue that they're experiencing. And what's been the response from the TSC community? The response has been tremendous. The very first day we had over 1400 users on TSC Navigator. This obviously has been a, a tool that's been much needed in our community for a long time. Um, I, I mentioned early that we have two FDA approved treatments, both um, uh, require prior authorizations. One has lost exclusivity. So having the ability to have tools at your fingertips to know what to do to fight denials is so important. Um, and I think it just meets so many unmet needs in our community in terms of walking people through the journey. And far less intimidating than just going to a website. It really is like taking somebody's hand and walking them through the TSC journey. Because this is on a, a website as opposed to a printed piece, is it viewed as a living document? Is there any provision to update it, expand it as you go? Yeah, I think that that is exactly the goal is to constantly be in tandem with the community and grow with the needs of the community and you know, I think the important aspect is that this is such a complex uh, disease at times and the management and the surveillance can be very overwhelming to families. And there's such a layer of decision fatigue and being able to kind of outline it and just take away one less decision um, really helps. And so as we continue to grow, as the feedback from the community continues to grow, as we see issues that we can um, better assist the community, uh, we will definitely be updating the navigator. And how exportable do you think this is to other disease groups? Do you think it offers a model that other groups can follow? I'll start and then I'll let Ashley jump in because I know she already has an example of this. The answer is yes. We Everything we do at the TSC Alliance, we are very transparent. We share with our rare disease partners um, and we hope that um, this will be a model for them if they want to do something similar for their rare diseases. And I'll, I'll turn it over to Ashley. Yeah, I think that you know a lot of the information that we highlighted in the Navigator, it, it can be utilized across um, any rare disease because of the challenges are so similar. And, and, and we know that there are other organizations that have already highlighted it. Um, to their community and really speaking to the on the on the fact that we you know we're not afraid to really talk about some of these difficult conversations about addressing you know the caregiver burnout and and how can we proactively um, help you as the caregiver across your journey and make sure that we have these resources available to you and I think that is resonates um, with any disease but especially those uh, that are in the rare disease community because their challenges are much different than, than other diagnoses that can occur. Carrie Rosbeck, President and CEO of the TSC Alliance, and Ashley Ponders, Director of Medical Affairs for the TSC Alliance. Thank you both. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. 
To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com. <laughs>